So, today we're going to go into Love One Session 90. Uh, we're getting close to the end, and this was received June 19, 1982. Uh, 31 exchanges. In the beginning, there's a discussion of um, the psychic attack, or greeting as they called it, uh, that was ongoing and some information about how higher or fourth and fifth density negative service to self entities uh, work together or work to gain you know polarity on their path and continue on and the Orion Federation and the some of the metaphysics of metaphysics of interdimensional activity itself and then we go into a further discussion of the archetypical mind. Uh, we can't get away from that, I guess. And um, that will take us probably two weeks to finish this session. So let me go in the greeting, 90-0, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don, first asking about Carla. First, please give me the condition of the instrument. Ross said, the physical complex energy deficit is somewhat increased by continued distortions towards pain. The vital energy levels are as previously stated, having fluctuated slightly between askings or between sessions. So, uh, greater physical complex energy deficit, meaning more deficit, meaning lower level, meaning she's weaker in the physical because of pain. And pain has that effect. It's a draining to physical energy. And then vital energies, uh, which include other higher uh, chakra complexes or chakra involvement, including mind-spirit, uh, about the same as before. She kept a good attitude uh, throughout the contact as much as possible. I mean, they really... Um, had greater faith in the Logos, in God, in the path, in their work, in each other, uh, and that kept them strong despite the physical problems. 92, Don asks, could you tell me the situation with respect to our fourth and fifth density companions at this time, knowing from the last session that um, we have a 5D negative uh, manager of 4D negative minions uh, all involved on Carla or the group. Ross said the 4th density league of companions accompanies your group. The 5th density friend at this space-time nexus works within its own density exclusively so that 5th density negative entity is working in 5D negative mainly. Um you know, to call it friend is, is we, to me, it looks cute, but I don't, I mean, Ra is sincere, but um, we may use the word friend for someone who wants to kill us, um, partly because we want to neutralize his effect metaphysically, but I don't know if that deserves the term friend. 90.3. By what means do these particular fourth density entities get their origin to our position? And it wasn't 
Don was really wondering how do they get to 3D space-time um, in terms of transport and Ra give more of a metaphysical uh, process answer metaphysical not in terms of moving their body forms but in terms of uh, calling and response or uh, polarity, uh, issues of polarity. Ross said, the mechanism of calling has been previously explored when a distortion which may be negatively connotated is effected, this calling occurs. In addition, the light of which we have spoken, emanating from attempts to be of service to others in a fairly clear and lucid sense, is another type of calling in that it represents that which requires balance by temptation. Thirdly, there have been certain avenues into the mind-body-spirit complexes of this group which have been made available by your fifth density friend, <clears throat> a friend who wants to kill you. And so, um, Ra explaining the mechanism of calling uh, in that the group, Ra had said that Orion calls itself to service, if we understand that service to self or negative activity is a service in a sense to the all, to the one. So the calling leading to a response, the mechanism of calling uh, is not a direct calling that, that L&L is saying, uh, please here, come here so you can uh, distort us further, but um, the, the existence of a distortion in mind, uh, or if and when a distortion in body-mind-spirit, the whole complex, the whole system, if and when there's a distortion significantly, significant enough to be worked upon arising in mind or body or spirit of each of the three of the people in the LNL group, when such a distortion is effected, now that would be the perhaps more of a mind-level um, people getting into distortion, like disharmony in the group, they're angry at each other or something, or fall into self-pity. Uh, that's the effecting of a distortion that may be negatively connotated. Negatively connotated, I think, um, really means exploited by Orion or by the 40 negative. So when there's the arising of a distortion in the mind, particularly, of a person, and that distortion may be exploitable or exploited, then 40 negative or negative or astral entities in other cases um, may call themselves to uh, see if they can exploit it. And so they're calling themselves by um, recognizing the potential exploitability of a distortion in the mind of a person particularly a group that's doing service to other. And then that's the second aspect. Uh, there's a light that emanates from attempts to be of service to others in a fairly clear and lucid sense. Uh, service to other, in this case, means basically is a balanced blue, uh, green-blue indigo. Okay, It doesn't have to be um, doe-eyed, uh, help, please, please let me help you. Uh, service-oriented mind, but um, walking in love-light or love-wisdom or green-blue indigo, 
with with the open heart to be happy to be of service or to be uh, to be in to seek the one uh, the one of inner outer uh, just that offers a light just that uh, emanates a metaphysical light that's radiatory service that's love light radiation um, that is natural product of uh, sufficient development of the seven ray system of that person whether they're involved with others or not um, and you you know bear in mind that uh, it's only the raw material and the copycat channels today which they're just a few that that term the positive path the service to others path okay nobody else talks about it that way there's only the positive path and the negative path or people going no path if you want to go to the one uh, this is not the first presentation this is not the the only formulation of the nature of the path right Buddha Hinduism Buddhism Sufism Taoism esoteric Christianity esoteric Islam they all understand uh, there's path and uh, they don't call it service to other this is a very um, Christian or Western uh, dualistic frame, uh, terminological um, approach. Serves to others, serves to self. In that, all action could be seen as service to God or to the One. Yeah, and therefore it's offering or helping. But this is. Um, an artifact to, to some degree of the fact that the teacher is coming as a server. Ra, the teacher, is coming as a server to Earth as a wanderer or as a uh, confederation, higher dimensional group, coming here to do service. Uh, therefore, they frame the path as doing service. But the path is not... Uh, the doing of service comes naturally on the path or it's just a natural feature of, of, uh, of how one is as one continues developing the seven rays and becomes, I mean, uh, clearer in the lower three and well-developed in balance in the higher four, from green through uh, violet. And so there is a light that, that emanates from anyone who has done that work. And whether or not they're engaged in others, with others, uh, but certainly... If one is relatively regularly uh, engaged with others in a fairly clear and lucid sense in terms of wanting to be of service or help, there's the radiation of light uh, from that activity, from that being, but particularly from that being as they are. And that is not really a calling <laughs> consciously, but Ra says it, it's another type of calling or could be seen as another type of calling. It's interpreted by those who want to exploit or steal or rob or parasitize. It's seen as them, by them, as a, a, a calling for them to to rob. So it's like uh, the woman wears a diamond necklace in the street and the jealous man says um, she's just asking to be robbed. Well, no, she's not asking to be robbed. She's just wearing it. Maybe she's happy to wear it. Maybe she's arrogant. But she's probably not asking to be robbed. But you interpret it that way. 
because of your sick mind. And so uh, they think she's asking for it, but actually they are imposing their desire uh, uh, into their, their desire has fashioned their interpretation. So they, uh, Orion, 4D negative, 5D negative, just like all the negative humans here, um, see an opportunity to steal or plunder. And Ra saying you could consider that another type of calling. It represents that which requires balance by temptation. Well, that's a logoic perspective, perhaps. That's above the level of uh, the person who wants to uh, steal the light, the negative entity, in this case, the 4D negative, 5D negative. They're not thinking that they're, requir- that they're offering um, balance by offering temptation. The temptation for Carla or the group to basically dim their own light or distort themselves and decrease their service to other. Now it's raining here. Uh, from So from a certain level, we can say that metaphysically, um, their light emanation from the purity of who they are and then what they're doing, that that light uh, represents that which requires balance by temptation. Uh, maybe. I guess that's one way to look at it. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, other, other, down here on the ground, people don't see it that way. On the other hand, uh, this is a polarized 3D environment, and so there is um, inevitable polarity uh, in all aspects of our life and our experience that, that comes with the dimensional, comes with the dimension in our being here. So, anyway, we can get into the the philosophy of this, it's very subtle, but that simply the emanation of light of a being who's committed to the positive path can be seen as a calling, Uh, but it's really just the the thief and the robber wanting to steal. Then, um, there already have been inroads made into the group by the 5D negative entity, above the 40 negatives and they might see that as a form of calling but that wasn't really Don's question and he explains reframes 94 says actually the question I intended was how do they get here by what means of moving Ra said in the mechanism of the calling the movement is as you would expect that is the entities are within your planetary influence and are having come through the quarantine web, free to answer such calling. The temptations are offered by the, the temptations are offered by those negative entities of what you would call your inner planes. These, shall we say, dark angels, have been impressed by the service self path offered by those which have come through quarantine from days of old, and these entities much like your angelic presences of a positive nature, are ready to move in thought within the inner planes of this planetary influence, working from time-space to space-time. The, <coughs> excuse me, the mechanism of the fifth density entity is from density to density, 
and is magical in nature, the fourth density of itself is not capable of building the highway into the energy web. However, it is capable of using that which has been left intact. These entities are, again, the Orion entities of fourth density. <coughs> and so, this is actually a very comprehensive answer um, regarding the hierarchy of negative beings in, in um, non-physical dimensions. And again, Ra gives their own terminology, which uh, is distinct from other, uh, other traditions' terminology, and is rightly useful for comparison and integration, but uh, is not the only... Give some, give some um, bias uh, based on the particular terminology used. You know, words can create a whole lot of trouble by the connotations um, that each individual may append to, attach to the words that then lead them to, or that they then use to um, formulate a whole complex of concepts that take them very far from... Um, certain realities that they started with in, in trying to explain you know, the matter under discussion such as the second paragraph here so <clears throat> first point is that um, how they get to Carla uh, they are in the planetary influence already meaning they already have access to 3D time space that's the astral plane which is multiple levels they already came through quarantine, meaning the 4D negative has. They're free to answer such a calling. And again, to call the calling, to, to, to use the term calling, <clears throat> um, is a stretch to me. If you say that, again, the woman who has, a, or the, the, the guy who has a lot of money, is calling to be robbed, is calling to be given the temptation to be, uh, to, for balance, calling for the opportunity to experience the balanced uh, choice of becoming poor. I mean, that, that's really stretching it to me. And so, bear in mind <clears throat> what Ra is, Ra is uh, showing, uh, explaining the interaction or the 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 means of approach of the negative entities in terms of the, the, the philosophical framework of call and response. Therefore, uh, their responding has to be understood in, the, in relation to uh, prior calling. But the three forms of calling, with, with uh, you know, quotation marks, calling, that Ross uh, indicates are, is forms of calling, would not be seen by others as forms of calling. <laughs> okay? So, <clears throat> uh, when distortions are negatively connotated, or, let's say, when there are distortions in the mind of people, <clears throat> and they <clears throat> can be moved towards uh, depolarization, or negative polarization, meaning uh, a person feels frustrated the negative connotation of that distortion is the potential of venting it to dominate or hurt someone else. 
a person feels fear or self-pity. The negative connotation of that um, is it's ex is ex elaborating those distortions to ways that depolarize the entity, <clears throat> or reduce the light, or reduce their heart chakra activation, or wisdom, fourth, fifth, sixth chakra activation and access. Uh, the connotation, you know, there may be distortions that are not negatively connotated when they when they have the potential to depolarize uh, by some amplification, let's say, or ex uh, elaboration of the distortion. Ra's calling that a calling. <laughs> that that Ra's indicating that's a calling. <clears throat> now, in 3D space-time, I guess you could think it that way in a, in a universe, an octave of polarity, I guess you could say that, but it's really, in and of itself, a distortion, not a calling. But the one that calls himself, Ra has said, Orion calls itself, will see the distortion as a calling. Similarly, um, the light that comes from, you know, commitment to the positive path, whether it's service to other physically or standing, you know, sitting alone, that radiatory love light uh, expression can be seen as a calling in that uh, Ra saying it requires balance by temptation, meaning the temptation to dim one's own light. Again, that's a stretch <laughs> to me. You can say that metaphysically, indeed, everything is uh, you know, balanced. Light requires the dark, and the dark requires the light. Yeah, I guess so, in samsara, it's that way. Um, but developing oneself, to, to equate developing oneself uh, with, with calling the negatives is a little bit uh, too far for me. Developing oneself is developing oneself. And... Um, radiating light or becoming distorted is just that. Negatives then exploit it based on their own hunger and, and need. So, <clears throat> and then, you know, to me it fits in with Ra's love over wisdom bias history. It is even to say your fifth density friend because he's not a friend. <laughs> he wants to kill them. So, friends don't do that. But again, uh, so, so there is a little love wisdom bias in the terminal uh, di di revealed in the terminology. Terminology, I would say here. Then, okay. So, what the heck's going on here with these entities? Well, they're already here, and they already came through the quarantine. And so, yeah, there. This planet is uh, the time space regions of planet Earth are chock full of negative entities. By the way, uh, they're not the majority, but they're quite a lot. <clears throat> then, in terms of temptations or the 4D negative gambit, uh, they uh, are of what we call inner planes. Inner planes is time-space. This is astral plane. So we're not talking about higher dimensions we're talking, or uh, other than third dimension. We're talking about 3D, but non-physical, inner planes. Now, Ra, making more trouble, <clears throat> calls them dark angels. You know, you have to be... This is why great teachers are very sparing of words. Now, we're calling the Ra, <clears throat> in their great wisdom, is calling them dark angels. Now, I thought that angels were impressed by the Logos to be messengers. Uh, Angelos, um, as David, did a good job. Uh, David Wilcock saying Angelos, uh, Greek, means messenger. Yeah, it seems to me that's right. 
I thought that the angelic hierarchy was impressed by the Logos to be messengers or do the functions of the Logos supporting soul evolution in the octave in the seven dimensions. No. They can be turned. Well, that's the Christian story. But that doesn't mean it's true. It's a story. It may be true. These dark angels, are they dark angels? Or are they elementals? Or are they thought form entities? Are they ensouled? I don't know. Are they really angelics who've um, been impressed and gone onto the negative path? I'm not sure, frankly. I'm not sure that's even possible. But calling them dark angels, which is fits with the Christian cosmology of uh, Satan, the rebellious angel, I don't think, frankly, I don't think angels have the ability to rebel. I think it's, that's just completely wrong. They don't have free will. They just do what they're told. They only live in love light or see the heart, mind, God, you know, light of God, and do do good. They cannot sin. But here Ra's talking about dark angels. So has Christianity in the cosmology. So <clears throat> this is, um, if they're not of the angelic hierarchy, I don't think they should be called dark angels. And that's why he said, Ra said, shall we say? Well, maybe you shall not say or you shouldn't. But they did. So they're calling them dark angels. I personally don't understand how that can be true angelics who have no free will and simply see the light and the plan and uh, do their work in accord with the Logos. But Ra has said, dark angels, impressed by service of self-path, offered by those which have come through quarantine from days of old, <clears throat> meaning Orion entities impressed on them. But who is the them? Are we talking about ensouled entities? Are we talking about free will-based entities? Are we talking about um, true angelics made by the Logos that don't have free will? Well, they don't have free will, but they can still be impressed or imprinted upon by service of self entities. Are angelics vulnerable? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, do they have free will? I don't think so. So that couldn't be rebellious but they could be impressed metaphysically or imprinted upon to go negative, to, you know, work for the negatives? I don't know. I'm not sure. Are they not necessarily angelics, but they're elementals or thought form <clears throat> entities? Are they allies? Um, these things are not discussed, at least here. So anyway, <clears throat> this group of entities, whoever they may be, were imprinted upon, it seems, by Service of Self Entities Orion long ago. They're much like your angelic presences, but they're not. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's a little giveaway there, that <clears throat> they're like angelic presences which are, who are positive. In fact, the angelics are not even positive. They're, they're beyond polarity. They're in the, the truth of unity, or Godhead is all. Uh, but they're not the same as angelic beings, obviously. But Ra calls them dark angels, which is not helpful to me, <laughs> I think, because, again, it just doesn't make sense that true angelics are so vulnerable, nor have the free will to go against um, their creator. But, anyway, whatever they are, they're ready to move in thought within inner planes of 3D, working from time-space to space-time. Uh, I see them more as um, non-ensouled um, thought form based entities that are um, 
somewhat uh, that are obviously uh, of a of a lesser nature than angelics in terms of their awareness, um, and they don't have free will either, <laughs> whatever these entities are. Uh, but they do what they're told. <clears throat> but I don't think they're they're probably um, distorted uh, fashionings of Orion, and they're they're pseudo angels rather than fallen angels. I would I would put my money on their pseudo angels, where the Orion playing God as it's wont to do uh, impressed uh, some volitional quality to thought form entities or non-ensouled um, astral matter and whipped up astral matter into legions like the little monkeys in the Wizard of Oz. They're probably not ensouled. <clears throat> they're probably not truly angelic. They're not fallen. They're just um, pseudo-fashioned uh, in a replicate way um, that mimics what the Logos did with the true angels. Then we have 5D negative, and that entity goes from density to density. It's not coming from 3D time space, but from higher, magical. And it builds certain highway, or it builds um, <clears throat> light pathways that the 4D negative entities can use who are not magically well-developed. And so 4D negative makes use of what 5D negative can do, and they... Uh, <clears throat> transfer themselves or, or approach that way. 90.5 uh, Don says, you stated previously that fifth density entities bear a resemblance to those of us in third density on planet Earth, but fourth density does not. <clears throat> Could you describe the fourth density entities and tell me why they do not resemble us? This is in terms of body form. Ra said, the description must be baited under the law of confusion, baited, um, like baited breath means held within or, or not, not offered. <clears throat> the description must be baited under the law of confusion. The cause for a variety of so-called physical vehicles is the remaining variety of heritages from second density physical vehicular forms. <clears throat> the process of what you call physical evolution continues to hold sway into fourth density. Only when the ways of wisdom have begun to refine the power of what you may loosely call thought is the form of the physical complex manifestation more nearly under the direction of the consciousness. <clears throat> and that's um, really important. Not, I don't know if it's that important, but it's interesting. So Ra will not describe 4D entities because they could look like anything. There are many, four, many varieties and tell him why they don't resemble us. Um, the description is withheld. Uh, Ra's not going to say, uh, here, you know, take notes or take pictures. This is the uh, catalog of 4D entities' body morphologies. <clears throat> so that's not given. But in terms of why there are so many 4D body form, 4D entity body forms, uh, it's the carryover from uh, the genetics of 2D, 3D evolution. The cause for the variety of the so-called physical vehicle, meaning physical body, is the remaining variety or the continued influence of genetic heritage from 2D bodies, 2D form. The process of physical evolution continues to hold sway into fourth density. 
That's interesting. You know, fourth density, it in some way, is not that different from third. Just as the astral plane is not so different in some sense from third. The true, um, the true weirdness, um, if you think that <clears throat> strangeness really begins where um, formlessness begins, uh, where mind... <clears throat> uh, where, where form-based evolution is ending. That's where things get strange. Uh, form-based evolution ends or starts to end in 5D. Only when ways of wisdom, fifth density, have begun to refine the power of thought <clears throat> and so um, deeper, greater fifth ray, fifth chakra activation goes into play in fifth density. The power of uh, the w ways of wisdom which is basically the functions of fifth chakra uh, more fully um, refine <clears throat> or develop <clears throat> thought power, what thought may do, uh, direction of, of mind leading energy, mind as the uh, fashioner. Uh, when that starts to take effect in fifth density, then we start to find that the physical complex body form is more fully or becoming more fully under the control of uh, deliberate conscious manipulation. Then beings can give themselves whatever form they want and they may have no form or who knows what. <clears throat> but it is interesting that the, the genetic based, you know, physical, material, genetic based uh, morphological evolution beginning in second density, going through third, goes into fourth, somewhat. And so <clears throat> fourth density forms would be more similar to third, and those are born of the genetic lines that evolved out of second. 90.6, Don says, well, if the population of this planet, uh, meaning Earth, presently looks similar to the fifth density entities, I was wondering why this is. If I understand you correctly, the process, process of evolution would normally be the third density resembling that from which it evolved in second density, and then refining it in fourth and then again in fifth, becoming what the population of this planet looks like on third. Why is this planet, meaning Earth, it seems to me that this planet is ahead of itself in the way the mind-body-spirit complex or body complex of that looks what is the reason for this? <clears throat> um, actually, he, I think, made a misunderstanding here. Yeah, I, uh, he's sort of assuming that um, that the body form is refined in fifth, or because um, the fifth density entities may bear a resemblance to us on Earth then us on Earth or our planet is in advance of itself because it's acquiring fifth density body characteristics early. We're in third density, and Ra had said that fifth 5D entities can, can have some resemblance to us. That, Don is assuming, means that <clears throat> Earth maybe is uh, ahead of itself, and we're already refining the form in accord with the fifth density form. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> the fifth density entity is taking the form that you'll recognize as human, Earth human. <clears throat> 5D is playing a trick on 3D, not 3D is so evolved that it's, uh, it's resonant with 5D. 
<laughs> Ross said, your query is based upon a misconception. Do you wish us to comment, or do you wish to re-question? Don said, please comment on my misconception, if that's possible. <clears throat> Ross, um, you know, very direct. <laughs> Ross says, in fifth density, the manifestation of the physical complex is more and more under the control of the conscious mind complex. Therefore, the fifth density entity may dissolve one manifestation and create another. Consequently, the choice of a fifth density entity or complex of entities, meaning group, wishing to communicate with your peoples, would choose to resemble your people's physical complex, chemical yellow ray vehicles. So, it's not that Earth is in advanced, it's that um, 5D entities would take a form familiar to us, which is similar to our form. <clears throat> uh, 5D positive and negative, but the negative would use it to trick. And you know, this is a... <laughs> humans are really... Um, Earth humans, they really have very conditioned arrogance. People really have been taught <clears throat> that we are the, um, the diadem jewel in the crown of creation. And um, <laughs> it ain't so. <clears throat> and New Age, um, you know, uh, ex uh, exceptionalism. There's, you know, human, earth human exceptionalism, like American exceptionalism or uh, Jewish exceptionalism, or any group. In fact, most every group considers itself superior to every other group. It's pretty normal. <coughs> if you see it in the New Age, where people have some kind of bias towards imagining that uh, how uh, human consciousness goes at this end time associated with dimensional shift in um, the New Age... Uh, influences the whole universe, and the whole universe is looking here because this is so important, and they're they're watching with bated breath to see how humanity uh, solves its problems, so that they can learn and get great inspiration from the great work of humans on planet Earth. I don't think that that's the case at all. That's a big self. It's a pompous kind of mistaken view. Um, there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots, <laughs> countless other dimensions and realms and beings and groups <clears throat> that are very well doing their own thing. And uh, planets, you know, races destroy themselves all the time. It's not unusual. So, anyway, it's not that uh, Earth is an advanced planet and um, already carry, you know, developing fifth density characteristics of body. But fifth density entities can manipulate body by mind and will take a form that's uh, comfortable or, or scary or persuasive, whatever, uh, f to our perception for whatever their purpose may be, positive or negative. 90.8, Don says, I see, <clears throat> very roughly, if you were to move a third density entity from some other planet to this planet, roughly what percentage of all those within the knowledge of Ra would look enough like those entities of Earth so that they would go unnoticed in a crowd, Ra said, perhaps 5%. So that's um, <clears throat> also interesting. 95% of the galactic, uh, of, of third density beings and races in other portions or in this galaxy, and it may, in fact it may even be not only this galaxy, but at least in this galaxy, 95% of the body forms 
of other 3D races and beings, 95% are, are quite different than ours or than the human, um, you know, the human morphology, body shape and form. 95% um, would not look enough like those uh, of Earth humanity to go unnoticed. <clears throat> so they would go noticed. <laughs> they would be noticed. And so only 5% looks this way. 90.9. Don goes on. Then there is an extreme variation in the form of the physical vehicle in third density in the universe. I assume this is also true of fourth density. Is this correct? <clears throat> and um, that's, you know, that's, that's true. <laughs> Ross said, this is so. We remind you that it is a great theoretical distance between demanding that the creatures of an infinite creation be unnoticeably similar to oneself and observing those signs which may be called human, which denote third density characteristics of self-consciousness, which is includes the grouping into pairs, the societal groups and races, and the further characteristics characteristic means of using self-consciousness to refine and search for the meaning of the milieu. Milieu means the environment or um, the life in which we're living. To seek the purpose of life is the meaning of the milieu. Um, what what does it mean? What's it, what does it all mean? Not from Sorcha Fall, what does it mean? But uh, what does it really mean <laughs> from a real uh, credible source, not a discredited source? <clears throat> so, uh, it's a great theoretical distance, or uh, Ra's pointing out that there is a big distinction between um, demanding, Don, Don didn't seem to be demanding, but he seemed to be assuming that it may be possible that, or it would be important that, uh, beings in other 3D planets look like us. But <clears throat> it's just, it's an infinite creation and therefore, there's a huge, wide variation of body morphology in third-density races and beings. But they do uh, display uh, qualities of consciousness associated with human, which is third-density third self-consciousness or self-consciousness. And actually, it's interesting, there is, um, although... <clears throat> the animals have consciousness, plants and animals in 2D have consciousness, and human level has self-consciousness. The quality of self-consciousness in third density is not the same as the quality of self-consciousness in fourth and fifth and sixth density. In sixth density, we talk about unified consciousness, or unified self-consciousness, or unity consciousness. Right? First, there's unified self-consciousness, meaning self is one, or all is the self, or self is the one, or all is one, consciousness. Eventually, that that identity, um, sense of identity is stripped away, and it's just unity consciousness, and then eventually infinity, in seventh density. But even in fourth and fifth density, there is self-consciousness. <clears throat> but it's different than here. But what does, stab, what do, what does happen at the human level, third, as distinct from the animal plant, second, is this grouping into pairs? Some animals do that, but it's not not the norm. There's grouping into pairs. They're surely grouping into so, into so, social complexes and races. And then, but more particularly, this um, this 
really deep quality of third density self-consciousness or what it means to be human being to seek it, uh, the the unexamined life is not worth living well the unexamined life is not quite fully human the animals don't examine or refine don't don't search for meaning the human status the status of human being um, is where the search for meaning begins and for those who reject the search for meaning which called which is called um, living an animal life <clears throat> or not seeking those who reject seeking those who uh, embrace materialism and are convinced that there's no reality beyond the physical uh, they at in some way uh, give up renounce uh, reject the search for meaning and um, may approach animality the animal state at the far end and that's what happens when, when there's societal collapse also people start to act like animals but <clears throat> um, it's not quite start to it's more so um, animal self-animalize further auto-animalization um, is certainly what the New World Order global uh, controllers wish people to do to throw away or reject a search for meaning the search for meaning is what really uh, characterizes the human from the animal or, or the plant. The vegetative and the animalistic don't search for meaning. They search for pleasure or security uh, or, you know, dominance, uh, relative dominance in the, in the social complex. But <clears throat> uh, the search for meaning is truly human. And that is the... Um, that is the contour, the contour or the um, the foundation, the plinth of the path, the plinth, the foundation <clears throat> point. Rob will you'll see this word plinth later down in the session. P l i n t h means a heavy base supporting a statue or vase. The lower square slab, the base of a column, the base course of a building, or projecting base of a wall, the base. The base of the path, it, to me, is the search for meaning, which is seeking, which is, I wish to know. I know I don't know. I realize I don't understand, and I wish to know. <clears throat> and so even though other 3D groups, only 5% would look like Earth human, uh, all of them will display or live in the same qualities that we do. But that doesn't mean they're going to get along. It depends on their orientation. Uh, but... But there is, there are particular qualities to mind and relationality or relationship that happen or begin in third density that, that weren't present in such a developed form in second. 90.10, Don goes on, well, within Ra's knowledge of third density physical forms, what percentage would be similar enough to this planet's physical form, human body, that we would assume the entity to be human enough to be human, even though they were a bit different, this would have to be a very rough, because of my definition being very rough. <laughs> a very rough definition gives us a very rough figure of um, the 
entity, you know, other 3D race beings, body forms, similar enough to ours that they wouldn't be considered too, too strange or too different. So it's 5% would be nearly the same, which is very interesting. Only 5%. You can bring that into the Corey Good narrative, um, which David embraces, it seems, uh, where the idea of the human beings are seeded throughout the universe in their nice story. <clears throat> but Ra's saying that it's only 5% looks like Earth human. And Ra said the percentage, this percentage that look somewhat the same but different, but not too different, this percentage is still small, perhaps 13 to 15%, due to the capacity, due to the capabilities of various second density life forms to carry out each necessary function for third density work. Thusly, to be observed would be behavior indicating self consciousness and purposeful interaction with a sentient ambience about the entity, <clears throat> rather than those characteristics which familiarly connote to your peoples the humanity of your third density form. And so, Don talks, is focused more on form. I mean, I don't think that's all he's focused on, but he's just trying to get some, some information here. And Ra <clears throat> pulls him back again to the um, char the qualities of mind and that lead to quality or lead to particular behaviors, right? Mind leads the behavior. Qualities of mind and consciousness associated with self-consciousness that lead to certain behaviors um, alone and in relation. So in alone or in solitude, the human, the third density quality of mind intrinsically seeks for meaning. In relation, uh, relationality, we have pairing, coupling, group formation, structuring of society, things like that. And so Ra's saying the, the self-consciousness is also associated with purposeful interaction uh, with a sentient ambience about the entity. And that, <laughs> that is uh, higher self. The sentient ambience is um, sentient presence, is sentience, is um, the, the uh, sparkly nature of consciousness itself, the reflective, the reflective light, the light reflectivity of consciousness itself uh, as one's identity or as a quality of third density beingness distinct from second. If you look at animals, they are kind of dull, actually. There's a certain uh, dull, leaden, heavy quality to the eye, the eyes of most animals. But there's a <clears throat> light, uh, which is the reflectivity of consciousness itself. The, the vibratory quality of consciousness is intrinsically reflective, or is of the nature of reflection. It's basically reflective, uh, it's vibratory reflection or reflective vibratory energy. Uh, animals don't have that to the same degree, and you can see it or not in the eye. So, Ra keeps pulling back to the quality of mind associated with third density. 90.11, Don gets that and says, Now my line of questioning, I'm trying to link to the creation of various logos and their original use of a system of archetypes. Now we go back to archetypes. The creation of Logos and their original use of a system of archetypes in their creation, 
and I apologize for possibly a lack of efficiency in doing this, but I find this somewhat difficult. Now, for this particular Logos in the beginning, prior to its creation of First Density, did the archetypical system which it had chosen, which it had chosen for its creations, include the forms that would evolve, and a particular third density human form, or was this related to the archetype, archetypical concept at all? So actually, he's trying to he's trying to determine if the um, variation of human beingness, body form, uh, on Earth or on other 3D planets in the galaxy is related to the um, uh, the architecture of the uh, archetypical mind. The the archetypical mind uh, 21, 22 nodal points or cards uh, is that related to the, the particular body form that 3D entities use? It's a very interesting connection, but Ra said the choice of form is prior to the formation of the archetypical mind. As the Logos creates its plan for evolution, then the chosen form is invested. So, <clears throat> we have the Logoi, who uh, is the big boss of a solar system and multiple solar systems. So, the big cheese, the big man, the big man in the sky, the Logoi, uh, establish plans for um, a or multiple solar systems. They tweak uh, intelligent energy to modify the vibratory rates of the seven dimensions and the veiling of mind in third density. Then um, they will invest a chosen form on a particular 2D planet. Could be the trees, could be the animal lineage, could be any particular genetic lineage that that would uh, be appropriately invested or, or uh, wisely investable, that's investable uh, because they're because of the development of consciousness and form being proximate to third density, even if it's second. So a certain chosen form is invested, goes from mind body to mind body spirit, mind body spirit complex generally, uh, and that uh, investment of form um, occurs after the choice of the form to be invested. But that choosing of the form and the investment of the form that prepares that form for being uh, ultimately that which is used at the beginning of the third density cycle in that world, that is all prior to the formation of the archetypical mind. Was there a reason, 90.12, 90 was there a reason for choosing the forms that have evolved upon this planet, and if so, what was it? <clears throat> and... Um, this is again there there Don kind of shows um, reveals in some ways some subtle assumptions or mis misunderstandings or views that that we all uh, have uh, from the Western Christian cosmological perspective, there is some sense that the human form is superior to all other body morphologies on planet Earth or in the universe. And we have the most superior form of all. The, the, the loveliness of the five, the four appendages in the head, right? The, uh, <clears throat> the, the fivefold manas. Um, and that um, 
there's something that, that this form not only is superior, but was um, made or fashioned by right God the Father, the Heavenly Father, by molding clay and breathing into it. And actually, most all human religions, including indigenous traditions, um, have some kind of view <clears throat> that is associated with the Creator or God <clears throat> um, directly um, intervening in the fashioning of the human body form, maybe from animal or from the fish or from the sky or from dirt or from this or that. But <clears throat> it's sort of seen as a one-shot deal and that God wanted this humans to have this body form. <clears throat> that may not be quite the story. And Ra will explain, 90.12. We are not entirely sure why our Logos, so they're from the same Logos, our Logos and several neighboring Logoi of approximately the same space-time of flowering chose the bipedal erect form of the second-density apes to invest. It has been our supposition, which we share with you as long as you are aware that it, this is mere opinion, that our Logos was interested in, shall we say, further intensifying the veiling process by offering to the third-density form the near-complete probability for the development of speech taking complete precedence over concept communication or telepathy. <clears throat> we, have all, we also have the supposition that the so-called opposable thumb was looked upon as an excellent means of intensifying the veiling process so that rather than rediscovering the powers of the mind, the third density entity would, by the form of its physical manifestation, be drawn to the making, holding, and using of physical tools. So we have two mm, speculations, two points of speculative uh, in speculative discussion. <clears throat> it's interesting why, I mean, it's a interesting question, why didn't Ra ask their teachers about this? Well, I guess they have many other things to ask about, or they just didn't get to it. <clears throat> I mean, you know, sixth entity entity is not omniscient, and so they are not fully at one with the Logos. But they didn't, they, they don't have certainty, but they do have their mere opinion, <laughs> which is pretty deep that <clears throat> this Logos here, which is uh, theirs too, and several neighboring of approximately the same space-time of flowering, so the flowering of local next, of local Logoi, right, the, the, the coincidental flowering or emergence or development of solar systems under several Logoi um, in this sector of the galaxy, Several, it seems, chose bipedal erect form of, of apes to invest. So the bipedality um, uh, certainly leads to a distinction between lower upper, or the two arm, the two upper appendages arms, the two lower appendages legs, um, being set in a polarized um, structure. <clears throat> or establishing of primary polarity between um, the lower and the upper, or between the solitary earthbound or earth relational to the interactive horizontal um, human relational social of the arms. Uh, and so 
that's itself <laughs> that itself has affected human consciousness and civilization and so Ra's supposition is that <clears throat> the Logos wanted to further intensify the veiling process well it looks like he's done a great job and uh, the result of this successfully further intensified veiling process is uh, Earth humanity with its uh, 6% harvest rate or less Okay, we have a well-veiled, well-capably uh, uh, intensified veil for the 3D souls on planet Earth. Uh, particularly the brain, the, 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 the cranial qualities, skull, brain, and all of that, of the uh, great apes, second-density apes that were invested that became the basic, you know, the, the genetic plinth or foundation for the human body form, genetic morphology, and all that. There is something associated with the brain that, or, or with the apes and their brain and their functions, that further development of physical speech, mouth, vocal cords, the whole apparatus of that area, uh, that ended up, you know, so the carry-through from the ape morphology to the basic uh, human, you know, Homo sapiens morphology uh, of voc vocation, you know, vocalizing speech uh, and brain quality led um, to humans, you know, favoring speech over telepathy. <laughs> so the development of speech taking complete precedence. Complete, yeah, indeed. Almost nobody is telepathic here. Development of speech taking complete precedence over telepathy which they call concept communication I mean speech is a form of concept communication too it's non-verbal uh, communication mind-to-mind uh, -mind communication uh, so that was planned or that was that outcome or that humans depend on speech was a consequence of the choice of second density forms to invest likewise um, the second density form of the apes, or the, you know, what, that, that uh, hominid lineage, the lineage that became hominid, or whatever, um, brought to third density the morphology of opposable thumb, also seen as an excellent, an excellent means of intensifying the veiling process. Well, maybe the Logos has veiled it too much, but, you know, hey, hey, who am I to say? So, <clears throat> um, this this double, uh, this this secondary secondary or, or doubling of the intensifying of the veil comes from the the second density carry through carry over more of opposable thumb, and that <clears throat> too um, uh, directs the focus of attention outwardly, externally, physically, rather than upon developing powers of mind. Meaning, uh, if you got it, use it. If everything, you know, if all you got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If all you got is an opposable thumb, everything looks like a possible tool to be um, made, hold, and used. And the tools can help or harm. The tools can be used on either path. Uh, clearly, with either orientation, but the mind is focused on tool or technology or material uh, engagement, and so 
That's why uh, the great men of the world are all profoundly materialistic. Uh, because it's the default position having this morphology of the opposable thumb. And um, particularly uh, <clears throat> mouthy, as uh, I may be, uh, because of having uh, the brain, cranial, vocal apparatus, physiology, also carried in from the apes, I guess, uh, favoring vocation, speech, over uh, telepathy. So other 3D races have uh, had their logoi invest other types of 2D forms that became the plinth of the third density uh, human body morphology with its <clears throat> functions or um, you know tendencies and other 3D races became perhaps telepathic um, absolutely and it's not necessarily because they're more spiritually developed but because um, <clears throat> the um, uh, the logoi of their system invested trees rather than, than animal form bodies animal entity you know groups uh, and so the trees uh, are all telepathic they may still be third density but they're all seeking and um, that that is not so just because that group is telepathic doesn't mean they're more spiritual the, they they became that way by logoic um, as a consequence of logoic choice of investment so it's pretty complicated 9013 <clears throat> Don says I will guess that the system of archetypes that then was devised to further extend these particular principles is this correct Ross said the phrasing is faulty however it is correct that the images of the archetypical mind are the children of the third density physical manifestations of form of the logos which has created the particular evolutionary opportunity Don's trying to pull everything into the archetypical mind, um, and it just ain't so. Um, <clears throat> the idea that the system of archetypes was to extend the principles that support 3D evolution that come from particular investment of the Logoi in the second density genetics or form of second density beings that would become the basis for the third density form, the archetypes is not quite the same and Ross said uh, it's not quite that way that the archetypes were developed to further extend these principles uh, of what um, tool building or uh, speech or uh, physical relationality or physical aptitudes not quite but the images of the archetypical mind, meaning the uh, design of the cards and the, the, the characters in the cards, are the children of third density physical manifestations of form, meaning the body manifestations that the Logoi uh, created <clears throat> or the Logoi had um, established uh, by its investment of second density body form, of, of particular second density group, subgroup, investment, but their particular body form. So yes, the, the characters on the cards look like the bodies uh, of humans because the characters are human or animal and those are related to the logos that established this world system. But that's about it. 9014. Now, as I... And we'll get to the end here and I'll just end in a moment. Don goes on. Now, as I understand it, the archetypes are the bases of a very fundamental nature that, under free will 
generate the experiences of each entity. Is this correct? Don really has a lot of. <clears throat> he, he has a. He's. I don't know why he's so invested with the archetypes, but um, raw kind of um, holds it back often here. Ross said, the archetypical mind is part of that mind which informs all experience. Please recall the definition of the archetypical mind as the repository of those refinements to the cosmic or all mind made by this particular logos and peculiar only to this logos. Thus it may be seen as one of the roots of mind, not the deepest, but certainly the most informative in some ways. The other root of mind to be recalled is that racial or planetary mind which also informs the conceptualizations of each entity to some degree. So it's part of the mind with a capital M that informs all our experience or is, the, is um, uh, drawn upon in our fashioning of experience. We fashion experience. That's the movement from catalyst to experience three to four. So we fashion catalyst or we react and uh, interpret and make use of catalyst to fashion experience. Uh, mind does that fashioning. The archetypical mind is a part of that. It's not, it's one of the roots of mind. It's not the deepest. The deepest is really racial, planetary, and then you get to cosmic. So it's, it's a root of mind in the deep mind, kind of midway, I think, between the personal and the racial. Uh, so I think you've got conscious mind, uh, personal subconscious, archetypal subconscious, and then, which is all still in the subconscious, uh, racial, then planetary, then cosmic. And so it's just one level of the deep mind. It's a repository of refinements to the cosmic or all mind, meaning the all mind is the whole and within that, you have differentiation that became the planetary, then the racial, then the archetypical. So it's a refinement to the 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 maha maha manas or the big mind, maha maha vijnana uh, of, of the logos of uh, Paramatman. Uh, and so the logos modifies the all mind. Uh, to the different levels of mind, particularly here to the archetypical mind. Uh, it's also, it's just one of the roots of mind or, or levels of the deep mind. There's also the racial or planetary, which is also quite important uh, and informs our conceptualizations. But it's certainly, Ross said, the most informative in some ways. <laughs> so let's not overvalue it, uh, but it certainly explains the way that mind fashions experience in a polarized way, uh, in an efficient way, in third density, moving to harvestability. Um, that progression is shown nicely in the, by the seven phases of the three cycles, seven phases of the cycles of mind, body, spirit, 21 cards. So that certainly is interesting and informative, <clears throat> but it isn't the only uh, level of mind, and it's not, uh, you know, what? It's not the most important point in the universe. 
and so uh, I think we're going to just end here because there, the questions starting 9015 just go in multiple directions about our typical mind <clears throat> you may aspects of it and how it plays into our life and so <clears throat> the second half of the session next week starting at 9015 we'll look at um, further discussion of the archetypical mind and the logoic design and um, some more about cosmology and evolution so thank you for being here uh, I hope this discussion was helpful it's certainly um, <clears throat> pretty deep deep questioning <clears throat> excuse me for my little mucus and um, uh, next time we'll get further into the archetypical mind and the uh, logoic intentions so take good care of yourselves see you next time and good night <clears throat>